0: It's good to see you today. Come on and let's give God the praise this morning.
1: That we know you can't do you can't fail you can't change and your word will accomplish what you intend for father we thank you this morning can we give him some praise in the house oh he's so good he's a good father amen you can grab a seat in God's house this morning and uh, we just want to say welcome welcome to all our first-time guests for those of you that are visiting with us for the first time or maybe you've been here for a few Sundays and we haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, or maybe you're watching with us online, but Dothan First, can we welcome all of our guests this morning? Welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Will. I'm the youth pastor here, but we ask that you do a few things for us. Number one, you can pull out your smartphone and text D1 text to 84576 or you can take uh, the camera on your smart device and scan the QR code, fill out that connect card, or grab the connect card from the seat back in front of you please, we encourage you to fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. And uh, as you fill that out, if you don't mind after service, you can drop that in one of our giving boxes. But this is what we ask that you do, that you hold on to that Connect card, whether digitally or in person, and present it to us in our guest reception, our pastors and some of our leadership team. they will have they, We would love to have the honor to meet you and exchange that Connect card for a gift. So, Dotha first, can we welcome our guests one more time this morning? It's gonna be a great day. We have some amazing things going on at Dothan First, and one of the things that we want to encourage you to be a part of is feed Dothan. Somebody say feed Dothan. If you have your smartphone again, you can scan that QR code. But this is what we're asking that you do that you do in this uh, Thanksgiving season that uh, you donate a $25 gift card for turkeys. Uh, And one of the things that we do, not just on Sunday mornings, do we want to feed family souls, but we also want to partner with them in feeding families that need it. So you can do that, but we ask that you scan the QR code to give and put feed Dothan in the note. Again, we're asking any family that can, and maybe you feel a little bit uh, more so led to donate more than $25. Well, we will receive that and we thank you for it, but we ask, that you just donate that $25 to feed families in need. Also, uh, we had a very special day yesterday, a very special night. We got a chance to honor one of the pastors on our staff, Hayden Sullivan, well Hayden Taylor and Connor Taylor. Can y'all give it up for her? She got married last night. And uh, I know some of you didn't get get a chance to see it, but if you're on social media, you'll see a lot of pictures. But I just wanna say sitting in the room, sitting in that moment, sitting in the ceremony, uh, getting a chance to witness God's faithfulness. Hayden's a daughter of this house and Connor's a blessing. So uh, be sure as you're thinking about them to be praying for them uh, in their new season of life. It it was really a blessing. But we also wanna take today to honor our veterans. For those of you that have served, can y'all honor our veterans right now in this moment? Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And what we ask is that you turn your attention to the screen as we honor our veterans today.
2: all over this house and thank our veterans, all of those that have served. Come on. In every branch of our military, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much. You may be seated. I want to take a moment and address all of the veterans in the house and those watching online. Thank you for what you've done and for those that are currently serving. In various areas around the world that are watching online right now away from your family maybe many of you away from your church family I want to say thank you as you're watching with your cell phone or with your computer right now thank you thank you for what you're doing and veterans in the room thank you for serving those that have been In harm's way to give us the freedom that we experience and often take for granted in our nation we say thank you to you I know that many return home from tours of duty struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder it affects their their mind but it affects their families sometimes it affects their ability to maintain job or normal life And I'm gonna take a moment and pray over our veterans that are struggling today. Would you partner with me in this prayer, Lord Jesus? We pray for our veterans that are struggling. It may be many, many years ago that they served in a tour of duty somewhere or were on the front lines of freedom, and yet they return home with yet the, the grief, the loss, and the mental images of what they've endured in order to keep us protected and free. And we say, Lord, heal those broken minds and memories. Lord, I pray that you'll heal broken marriages. God, I pray that you would restore uh, not just the mental capacity, but Lord, the emotional stability and the the strength that they need to, to move forward from uh, those days where they served. And God, for those who lost limb and, and especially for those who lost their life, we honor the fallen. We honor those who have given their all to serve for us. And God, thank you for each one of them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more time. Can you give it up for all of our amazing veterans? We love you. We support you. We honor you. We appreciate you. We value you in this house. Well today is a very special day. We have with us Tim Christ, who uh, serves at Lifeline Adoption Agency and uh, after our time of worship in just a few moments. He's gonna be coming and bringing a word, and I'm gonna share a little bit more about him. But one of the things that we felt it would be so important to highlight beyond our veterans and this Veterans Day and the Veterans Weekend was also to recognize the most vulnerable among us. This is Adoption Month nationally. It's Orphan Sunday today nationally and so we recognize the significance of those who don't have a home those who don't have a mom and a dad as a matter of fact as you know every year uh, your pastors get together and specifically my wife is uh, the liaison to this ministry and works so diligently and has such a heart Uh, For the foster system and specifically uh, DHR and those that work with DHR Those that rescue children that are in volatile situation um, Those among us that serve in social work And they know how uh, difficult and sometimes it can be an unrewarding and a very thankless job Because um, they're working with vulnerable children, but some of those parents really have difficulty and the backlash that sometimes comes from that uh, especially in a rescue situation but today i want to take a moment and recognize the what what's about to take place with today's ministry with tim christ but i also want to take a moment and acknowledge that next week we're going to be doing what we've done annually which is foster partnering with fostering hope There's going to be a Christmas tree with ornaments out in the foyer next week where you can pick up the ornament of a child who needs a Christmas and won't have it without us. Um, Maybe they were taken, again, out of a difficult situation and now they're in foster care. And uh, they need to celebrate Christmas. And we're going to make sure that that Christmas happens for them and the ability to buy those gifts. uh, So... We want to let you know about that next week but i also want to give you an opportunity to be able to give to lifeline one of the things that i know happens among many families who are wanting to adopt they have the heart to adopt they are excited about the adoption process they're willing to go through the study that is necessary to get them uh, to be adoptive parents and yet the ability to financially manage it is uh, sometimes astronomical, it's way beyond their ability. And and Lifeline becomes that assistant that comes alongside these families and works with them to bring them the connectivity that they need. And so this is what I would say, uh, you know, we talk about sowing seed into ground that will reap a harvest. When the Bible talks about the caring of widows and orphans is pure religion this is truly fertile soil that we would sow into today so as part of our Kingdom Builders which is all of our missions ministries I would invite you to sow a seed into Kingdom Builders today in order to help support families who are desperate for uh, for a child and those children who are desperate for a family and you can do that by you can see the five ways to give on the screen there'll be a Kingdom Builders Uh, portion that you can just uh, designate toward or if you're giving of a check or cash in the giving envelopes you can use that and just write Kingdom Builders at the bottom and again we want to support the mission and ministry of children who are vulnerable and need our love and so I'm going to take a moment to pray over our time of giving as a matter of fact I'm going to invite your elders to make their way toward the stations of prayer They'll be on the exit sign back here, the exit sign back here, and up in the balcony. If you need prayer for any reason, your elders are there in that biblical way to be able to pray a prayer of faith and receive. We're believing in faith for healing, for miracles in the house. You can go back to our prayer wall uh, back in the back on both sides is available to go ahead and write out your prayer need. If you have a need, you'd like prayer, we'd love to partner with you in prayer. But let's take a moment and pray over this time of giving. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to partner together to see the kingdom's advancement. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And today as we recognize both our veterans who serve to protect the most vulnerable as well as uh, recognizing the, the importance of supporting our most vulnerable, which is those children who need a home. They need love and care so today on Lord this adoption month and Orphan Sunday we recognize them we thank you for them and God I thank you that we get to partner with ministries to be able to do your kingdom's work Lord I thank you for the government agencies and those that partner together to make things happen but Lord Ultimately, the job falls back on the church. And so, Lord, we recognize our responsibility today. Thank you for sending Tim Christ with us today. And I pray that our hearts will be open and receptive to hear what your spirit has to say to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen amen. I'm going to invite you to stand up as we worship the Lord together in song. If you have a prayer need, prayer request of any kind, you can slip out from where you're at, go back and receive prayer from your elders today in the balcony and on the main floor.
3: Sometimes when we're thinking about he won't fail, we're quick to think of circumstances and answers. And I had an encounter a couple weeks ago. Um, We dedicated my little daughter um, a few weeks back, and we shared how she had had kind of a traumatic start about five days into. And um, she was really, really sick, could have lost her. We didn't, Um, so we did end up getting answers. But I remember in the midst of it, um, I was scared. And so now hindsight, I can rejoice and praise that it's done and it's finished. But there was a moment the other day where the enemy, I had a moment of fear and anxiety, and the enemy wanted to look at me and tell me that God failed because it had happened. And for a moment, I was speechless and I didn't know what to say. I actually broke down and cried. But then, I remember that scripture said, he will not leave or forsake you. And that is the victory. That is what his presence is enough. And so as we praise that he will not fail, it's because he will never leave us or forsake us. He was here at the beginning, he'll be here in the middle, and he'll be there at the end. So we thank you, Jesus.
2: today we celebrate in his goodness. King Jesus is on the throne today. Come on, one more time. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise, a shout of praise? Thank you, God. You're so good. The powerful, powerful name of Jesus. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and remind them it's a powerful name. His name is Jesus. You can go ahead and be seated. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Well, friends, today I am so thankful that we get to do life together. And uh, as a matter of fact, I want to take a moment and give it up for all those that are first-time guests joining with us in the house can you give it up for our first-time guests in the house one more time as a matter of fact can you give it up for those watching online for the first time right now god bless you welcome we're so glad that you're joining with us today and i would encourage you if you are ever in the dothan or wiregrass area Uh, and you're watching online, and some people have been watching for a couple of years online, I would encourage you, come out if you can. Be a part of what God's doing here at Dothan First. We're going to make you feel connected and at home. And there's nothing like being in the house of God. But today, we have a special celebration. As I said, it's Orphan Sunday. It's Adoption Month. And, and so we want to take a moment and recognize a ministry that we've partnered with for an awfully long time. They're, they're really part of the Kingdom Builders initiative that we've begun. It's part of the missions work that we do literally around the world. But specifically, you know, the Bible talks about when Jesus was releasing his disciples, he said, you know, make sure you're filled with the Spirit. And then after you've waited until the Spirit has come, he said, you'll be my witnesses. And then he describes where we should be a witness. And he begins, he says, right in your, your own backyard, right? He says, in Jerusalem, he says, you'll be my witnesses and then he says in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts. So in our context with our geographic location to be start in Dothan. Lord, if you're going to do anything, do it through us in Dothan first. And so we start in our own backyard and we minister to the lives and the needs of the most vulnerable right here in our city and then we reach beyond the four walls of the church and beyond even our city limits. To go into the region and specifically uh, to the state of Alabama. And then beyond our state to the United States of America. How many think people need Jesus in the United States of America? Come on, one nation under God. And, and then we reach to the whole wide world. And on behalf of the uh, 70 missionaries that we support monthly, they say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we're going to launch back into our initiative Uh, uh, In January of our annual support of those missionaries But thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness During this season, you've been consistent And because you've been consistent in faithfully giving And in generously giving to Kingdom Builders We've been literally able to reach the world From right here in Dothan, Alabama But I'm so excited about the partnership that we have With Lifeline and with Tim Christ As a matter of fact, we had the opportunity when we were doing a special luncheon with adoption agencies and specifically with DHR and some of the social services that happen right here in our region, we were able to partner together and our church was able to host them in a special banquet. And we got to hear a little bit about Tim's story, he and his wife and their children and how God has used them literally as rescue and relief. I would, you know, uh, Tim, I, I know you may not have ever been introduced this way, but I almost see you as the ER unit or as those that are, are, are serving with our paramedics because you literally are just that. Uh, you have done a lot of emergency moment in, in uh, placement. And I just want to say publicly, thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your willingness to serve. Thank you for not just representing yourself and Lifeline, but representing Jesus Christ and the gospel message of Jesus Christ in this region. And it's because of your faith and faithfulness that we're able to do the job of what they they call pure religion, the Bible calls, is caring for. For orphans. Would you take a moment, stand to your feet, give a huge round of applause and a welcome to Tim Chris as he comes. God bless you.
4: For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. First Corinthians one eighteen. Praise be to God for his word. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. Mark and Michelle, thank you for the invitation. Dothan First, it's so good to be with you today, to be here gathered together in order to worship King Jesus. and What that looks like today. It is a special day, as Mark had said, as Orphan Sunday. Thank you for observing Orphan Sunday. Gather with thousands of churches across the world, literally internationally. To say today is the day that we're going to set aside anything else we have going on and what we're going to do is focus on God's word today and what God's word has to say about who we as the people of God are to be representing to the world around us and specifically to an often forgotten demographic. Dare I say an unreached people group. The orphaned, the kids in foster care, the families that are impacted by this and the gospel needs that exist with this, with this population. I do get the pleasure of serving with Lifeline and, and I've been doing that for nearly five years now. And the, the way that came about is my wife, uh, Deanna, uh, we have been married um, 19 and a half years. Praise God. That she has put up with this for 19 and a half. Yo, that is an accomplishment on her part. It's an accomplishment on my part to not have driven her away in that amount of time. We have three kids 30, 23, and 12. And if you say, you don't look like you have a 30 year old, I'd say, ha, 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 thank you. But we have two sons, 30 and 23, uh, one married uh, with a four year old who is just a beautiful beam of sunshine. We got the pleasure of spending the day with her on Friday and spoiling the mess out of her and sending her home. Got her all hopped up. She wanted dessert or as she says, desserts. So what you want for dessert? She said, donuts. I said, oh, I love you, child. So we hit up a donut shop and we tore that place up. And she sugar crashed in the car on the way home. And we have our 30-year-old son. Uh, He is is engaged to be married. Lord willing, Uh, Easter Sunday, he's going to celebrate that day. And his fiancee has a beautiful 9-year-old. And then we have our 12-year-old hot mess. This is Peyton. And if she were here right now, you would know it. Because she owns every single room that she walks into. And y'all... Peyton is a miracle. My wife and I began a journey uh, about 17 years ago in, in praying about what does our family look like? We already had uh, our two our two sons. Um, they were already in the home. Praise God that they were, they were there, and I got the opportunity to, 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 to parent them. Um, and then we said, what does our family look like in expanding? And we prayed, Lord, what does this mean? What does this look like? And, and we both came to the conclusion, which is how we knew it was the Lord telling and leading our family that we were to adopt. And so we started a journey. And when I tell you it was a journey, I, I mean it. It's a journey. We began the process and, and the homework and the digging in and what does this look like? And, and so we, we felt peace that God was leading our family to adopt from China. And as we start this process and we're doing these things and we're, we're saying, what does this mean and what is the paperwork and all this? And, and there, were, there were restrictions and there are, are limitations and there are different qualifications that you have to have in order to adopt internationally. And just as we were, we were two weeks away <clears throat> from celebrating uh, this day that we got to, to fill out our dossier and send it in to begin this process officially, China changed their restrictions. And it now made us ineligible for adoption in China. Praise God. We decided, okay, Lord, what else is it? Guatemala, oh yes. Let's start the journey to Guatemala. Just as we begin that journey, guess what happened in Guatemala? The doors were closed for international adoption. Praise God. So we said, okay, Lord, well, we still feel you're calling us to adopt. What does this mean? Honduras, ah, Honduras. Let's look into Honduras. As we're looking into Honduras, guess what the Lord did? Anybody have a guess? You can catch the trend by now. He shut the door. Well, God, we have been in our minds and in our hearts. We've been to China and we've been to Guatemala and we have been to Honduras. Just what in the world do you want from us? And he said, you're Jerusalem. Jerusalem. See we started backwards, we went to the uttermost parts of the earth and the Lord said, you're Jerusalem. We began the domestic process and I'm going to tell you when I say it was a journey, you know, there was heartache and heartbreak in that journey. We thought at one point we had been matched with a parent, a, a, a sweet birth mama and daddy and it was between us and one other couple and and, and the decision was made to go with the other couple. I was mad, no, I was furious. Transparency, I was mad at the Lord. He had built us up, built up this occasion, only to rip it away from us, praise God. Because when he did, He opened a brand new door. And when that happened, we got the phone call. Our profile had been chosen, selected. Our family had been pulled out of the stack, literally, of all these other families to be entrusted to care for a sweet baby girl who was on her way. So we decided, if the birth mom would like to meet us, let's go meet her. She wanted to meet us. I was nervous. I don't get nervous very often. I didn't want to go. I was afraid of heartbreak coming all over again. And so we go and we meet her and she's (laughs) 4'11", somewhere in there. Soaking wet, she couldn't have been 80 pounds. She was sitting behind a conference room table, and she stood up, and it looked like someone stuffed a beach ball under her shirt, and that's all she was, was belly of this baby. And then just about a month later, we found out why she was all belly, because our baby came, and she wasn't a tiny thing. But there she was, and we got a text at 2 a.m. Our sweet baby had been born. We were nervous. Because in the state of Alabama, the birth mom has three days to change her mind. Oh, Lord. Are we going to go through this again? We went and visited mom, birth dad, baby in the hospital. We got to hold that sweet little thing. And as we did, we just wept. Can it be real? Will it be real? Two days later, we got a call. Time to get your baby from the hospital and take her home. Mom and dad were both homeless. They couldn't care for her. They didn't have a job. They couldn't care for her. And so the Lord had entrusted to us, care for this baby. She's yours. Not as if she were your own. She is your own. There's, a, there, there's this, this off skewed paradigm in adoption, that these children are not your own. No, these children are our own, okay? You cannot look at that child. Now, you can look at her and you don't know anything about her and you say that that may not be your baby because she is the sweetest little brown baby with curly hair and she's full of sass, Michelle. I know where she got it, her mama. In the midst of all that process of adoption and waiting and phone calls and not sure what's going on and home studies and all these things, we also get a phone call. I was a youth pastor, um, I'll be redundant for a second, in rural Chilton County. If you don't know anything about Chilton County, go to the middle of nowhere, turn right. (laughs) And the call was, hey, we have one of your students. She's been removed from home. She's now in foster care. She wanted to know if she can come and live with you. Why? I mean, it's a real question. (laughs) So we start the process of becoming provisionally licensed in foster care. And we find out in this process, she has a half brother that we knew nothing about. So guess what? We don't just get her. Now we get two more. We had our boys in the home now we have another boy in the home and a girl in the home for the first time this was before Peyton had come home so as we are in the midst of that we get the call another call hey <laughs> you know my life is a mess <laughs> praise God Hey, we've got this. My wife worked for Lifeline at the time. We, you can take that big ugly thing down off that screen right there. I didn't even see that until just now. You only need one of these. You definitely don't need two. Okay. Hey, we've got a disrupted adoption. Guess where she's from? Anyone want to take a wild guess? China. You think there weren't tears in these eyes? can you care for her while we find her a new family? Heck yeah, we can. Bring her on. Add her to the crazy. In the midst of that, the boy that we had in foster care, he's diagnosed with Asperger's. I said, what's Asperger's? And they're like, it's kind of like a high-functioning autism. Fantastic. What do we do with that? He'll be okay. You'll be okay. All right. He then gets to go home to dad. Praise God. Because God's intention for the family is that the family would be together, not be disrupted and broken apart. So now, if you're keeping count... We have our two boys and then we have now two girls in the home. And just as this starts to happen, we get a call that grandma and grandpa of the girl that we first had are gonna take her in in a different county. Praise God, she gets to go to family. See, her life was a little bit of a mess too. Our job was very simple. Love on her until she can go home, if she gets to go home. Give her the love of Christ. Give her the love of family while she's in our home entrusted to our care. God only knows if we did that well or not. We tried our very best. So now, we have our two boys, and we have a girl from China, and we're waiting on Our baby. We get the call that we have a family for the girl from China, but she'll need to stay with us for a few more weeks. Hey, no problem. This girl now starts bonding with my dad. That's a tough thing. My dad is a Vietnam vet. He's seen some hard things in his life. Mark, your prayer for veterans to overcome rocked my world this morning. He needs that. Racism was running through him. Specifically toward Asian cultures because of the world that he had lived. And now here he is bonding with a 13-year-old girl from China who would look at him, his name is Bob, and she would call him Bob (laughs) because she knew that it would get just a touch out of him. A little bit of emotion as she's in our home we get the call baby girl had been born we go to pick her up we bring her home and she loves all over Peyton for about two weeks and it's time for her to go to her forever family praise God this family had seven other children all from China praise God for that family so now we have Peyton we have our boys family is there and we have kids come through our home and foster care on respite and emergency placement and we move and we stop fostering and then just a couple of years ago my wife and I both at the same time decided it's, it's time the Lord's leading us into renewing our license in a brand new county we don't know what this looks like so now our boys are both gone praise God just us and Peyton, and we got a call from DHR before our license was final. We have three girls we want you to consider. I'm like, giant timeout here. (laughs) We only have one bed. Oh, we'll buy you beds. Like,
1: Dadgummit.
4: (laughs) We only have one spare room. They can share a room. We... Let me think of different ways to say no to you. And they said, that's fine. You can say no. I said, good, no. they went, okay. A week later, guess what happened? Anyone want to think my phone rang? Yeah, it did. DHR. We still have those three girls. I'm like, I already told you no once. At this time, I'm bonding really well with our licensing worker. She and I have become good friends in the last two years. But I said, I've already told you no. She said, just, just let me come over with the caseworker. I'm like, you don't get it, woman. <laughs> so they come over to the house, and we talk, and we hear the story of these three sweet girls, ages 9, 10, and 11, sisters. My daughter is 11, and she is the queen of the house if you ask her. That's about to be greatly disrupted if we take these three girls in. So guess what the Lord said? Take them. Seriously, God. Seriously, Tim. Take them. So we take them in. We rush out and we buy bunk beds because we're going to need them. Buy all these things that are needed and DHR said just go get what you need and submit it for reimbursement. Well, praise God. In the midst of that, these three girls come over. The youngest, she was nine at the time, and she, she, she wanted to stop before she got to our house the day that they came in our house, and she wanted to dress up for us. She wanted to look real nice. I'm not making this up. Her idea of looking real nice was she wanted to put on, now I'm not, I'm not in favor of this person, just telling you where she's coming from. She wanted to put on her JoJo Siwa costume. I was like, I don't even know who that is. Jimongous hair bow full, like a a bedazzler had thrown up on it. (laughs) And this big poofy dress with sequins all over it. And the caseworker said she wanted to dress up for you. What? She wanted to look her best for you as she comes into your home and into your family. Okay. I'm a train wreck from the very beginning at that. We have these three girls in our house October 1, 9, 10, 11, and our daughter's 11, remember this. Our dog's even female, (laughs) y'all. I had no hope in my own house. I mowed the yard almost daily is what it felt like. We had a roller coaster for five months. The oldest child, the oldest sister had to be moved due to some issues. She needed to be uh, moved on to a different home where she could be loved on and focused on a little bit more. And we had the other two plus our daughters. so now we have nine, 10, and 11 in our home. Over that course of time, my heart, was broken at the things that I heard that had happened to these children. And the Lord, in his goodness and faithfulness, placed it back together as only he can. Molded me and my wife. And, and there's a real word that's called um, secondary trauma. It's taking on the trauma of people around you, and now it becomes your trauma. You know, I'm traumatized. The things that we got to hear we find get it get into the summer months <clears throat> we were asked if we were led to going to adopt these two girls and as much as we wanted to the lord didn't give us peace with that so they are not, they have now i want to tell you this this is a praise god all three of those girls have been adopted and they're in their forever family they're separated, two in one house and one in another, but they are right where God needs them to be. Praise the Lord for his goodness and his faithfulness. And in seeing that it wasn't us, <clears throat> we were simply a bridge between families for them. And that's what foster care is meant to be it's meant to be a bridge from one tough, tough circumstance to either reunification back home. And listen, when I say this, kids are meant to go back home when it's possible. But when it's not possible, they're meant to have a family. Across this world are 153 million orphans. You say that number is huge. I say, yes, it is. We can't even fathom 153 million of anything, can we? If you wanted to put 153 million or something into my bank account, I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> but I don't know what that number even looks like. But what I can tell you is it is filling Bryant-Denny Stadium over 1,500 times with people, and not one person hits a turnstile twice. That's a lot of people. In our state today, there are uh, four, uh, there are, excuse me, in our country today, 400,000 kids in the foster care system. What does that mean? means a lot of kids that need the love of Christ from a Christian family. They don't just need a home and a family. They need a Christian family. There's no other institution on this planet that is called to care for these kids but the church, the bride of Christ. The government's not called to do it. They simply stepped in when we didn't. And far too often we come to days like this and we say, we say, wow, we leave here and we're like, man, that was, that was something somebody should do something into which God has said, yes, you should. You see, in the book of James chapter one, here's what we see James tell us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror he looks at himself he goes away and at once forgets what he was like verse 25 but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his doing If anyone thinks he's religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. It has no value. It has basically no existence. Religion that is pure and undefiled Before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Can we pray together? Uh, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time to gather and to worship you. O King Jesus, do what you do. Stir our hearts with your word today that we leave here different than when we came in. For if we leave the same as we came in, oh God, is our religion worthless? You call us, you call us to act, to do, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Oh God, may we not be deceivers, but be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. As we...
2: I was going to ask you real quick yeah. as, a, as a, uh, a question. Come on. So as, because uh, I know you're going to continue on, but one of the things that our church members in their pursuit of yeah. being doers, one of the things that we always ask is, okay, well, what can we do? And I know he's going to be sharing with you a little bit about yeah. that, but there are some that might think, well, Tim, we've got the foster care side and we've yeah. got the adoption side. Yep. So which side do I choose? Uh-huh. Which which way should I go and yeah. and can I do both? Should I do both? Yeah. Is it a pathway to adoption and a pa- or a, a, is foster care a pathway to adoption? Is it separate? Mm-hmm. Some of these questions that come yeah. up from some of our church members yeah. that have a deep heart for that. Right. And so I'd love for you to be able to just simply Let's address some of those things. Yeah. I know you're you're going to be at the table in the back in just yeah. a little bit, but yeah. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity yeah, to absolutely. answer some of the questions that I know are peaked in the, the yeah, minds stirring, of those. The gears that's right. are turning, The right? gears are turning, right? Right? Yeah, so, so you'll answer that.
4: That's a great, that's a great question. So as we're, as we're being doers and we're carrying out the word, this is, this is the thing. Foster care is not necessarily a, map to, a roadmap to adoption. It's not like you have to do step A to get to step B, right? That's just the path that the Lord had put on our family. And then remember, we started in step B, and we started actually what we don't feel is really the wrong place in going to the ends of the earth. Foster care is what some people are called to do. We're called in foster care to be that bridge, that, that home for a kid in need, a vulnerable child in our own community. And, and adoption is meant to be permanency. That child comes home, and that is that child's home forever. Praise God for that. And here's one thing I want to tell you. As we uh, If you're not called to foster, don't do it. If you're not called to adopt, don't do it. Because it is a pathway a heartbreak and destruction because the enemy sees us on this path of fulfilling God's call in our lives and every arrow imaginable is going to be slung at us. Just as any act of obedience that the Lord has placed on us, as we start on that journey, there will be arrows that are flung at us from every direction. And if we are not bound up with the armor of God, the image of Christ and becoming more Christ-like in our pursuit of him, then those arrows will find ways to penetrate. And when they do, they sting. They hurt, they break, and they flat out destroy. So it is often asked about, is foster care a stepping stone into adoption? Yes, but also no. It can be, but doesn't have to be. I know several families who have adopted through foster care. Praise God. He opened that door for their family to do that. And I know families who have never dipped their toe into the world of foster care, but they have adopted. And praise the Lord for that. There are other ways to get involved. You see, when we, when we look at, at, at this passage that we just read, I want to tie all this together, and I realize I have a minute 54 seconds to do that. So, all right. Anybody have a lunch date? <laughs> Y'all don't have dates because you're, you're too young to date, right? So I tell my daughter. The first thing we see in this is, is that we're to be doers. We're to carry out the word of God. We're to carry it out. If we don't carry out the word, that's point number three. I didn't number my thing right, sorry. It's to remember who you are. Which is, you are in Christ. You are Christ's child. You are Christ's joint heir. You are of the Father. Now that you are in Christ, if you are in Christ. And if you are not in Christ, today can be the day that your eternity is changed. We can send ripples throughout all of eternity. You see, all of us in this world, we're, we are broken just as the system of foster care is broken. And just as the 153 million are broken. You can throw that back up. We're going to jump right into it in just a second. See, the, we're, we're broken. We're sinners. We, we rebel against the holy God, which is the reason why the need for foster care and adoption even exists. Because we're rebels in our heart and in our nature. We want nothing to do with God in our natural state. And then my my two favorite words in all of scripture, and we see this uh, specifically, uh, my two favorite words come uh, right in the middle of Ephesians chapter two, talks about our deadness and our sins. And then verse four leads off with two miraculous words and it says, but God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. Y'all, we're sinners. And that sin, that pathway, is a pathway to destruction. It's the wide path that we read about in the Bible, and that wide path leads straight to an eternal and literal real hell. Separation from God, torment and torture. Forever. There's no end. But by grace, the grace of Christ in our lives, and the the, the grace of God to even put forth His Son, Jesus, by that grace that Christ not just came down to earth, condescended His holiness, came and walked this earth, the earth that He created, the earth that He formed, the earth that he saw rebel against him. He lived sinless. And in doing so, fulfilled the will of the Father by going to a bloody, torturous cross at Calvary. And when he hung there, on that cross, the sins of his people would be forgiven. By grace through faith in him. And as he was taken down from that cross and buried in a tomb, three on the third day of his burial, they went to finish preparing his body, and guess what they found? Nothing. They found nothing but the cloth folded up nice and neat, almost like he said, um, Jesus was here. But there's no need for the cloth. Because he had been raised from the dead. And he walked. Resurrected amongst his people. And then as you alluded to earlier. In Acts 1 we see that he ascended. He rode. Rode a cloud up to heaven. And just before he did he said. "Ah, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses, you'll be my martyrs. That's what that word means in the Greek, martyreo, you'll be my martyrs. In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you We're called. We're called to be martyrs for Christ. And today we can be just that. You can give your life to Jesus today, trusting him to forgive sins, redeem you from the pits of an eternal hell, trusting in him to save us from that torture, and eternity will be forever changed, and the enemy will be so mad. Praise God. If you today, I know Mark Michelle would love to talk to you and so many others today, if that is... That's where you would like to do today. But to, in order to do what we're reading about here to carry out the word, we've got we to know the word. We've got to know the God of the word. And we do that by trusting in his son, Jesus, who John calls the word. We carry out the word of the word. We are doers, remembering who we are. We are Christ's. We are Christ's. And when we are Christ's, he says, if you love me, you obey my commands. Guess how many commands he's given us? A lot. But in him, those commands become second nature. We see that obedience produces fruit And that fruit is meant to be glorifying to him, pleasing to him, but also a witness to others around us that we are in Christ. We don't do it to boast. I didn't tell you our family's story in order to stand here and boast in me because left to me, I would have done none of it. I wanted nothing to do with it, especially when heartbreak came our way. But God being rich in mercy, called our family to endure and persevere. And that obedience produced fruit. And, and for us to do the word, we have to know the word. We have to, to uh, going back just a little bit in context in James, we have to not only know the word, but we place high value on the word of God. We, we cherish the word as if, it is, as if it's God's word himself. Oh, wait a second, it is. And if we say we're trusting in the God of the universe, the, the creator of all things, including us, image bearers of the Lord. If we say we, we believe him and we trust in him and we say that we repent of our sin and we, we believe in his son, that these things actually happened on, uh, on the cross and at the tomb and, and at the, the, the ascension of Christ and that one day, oh glorious day, that Christ will return for his bride. We believe that stuff. But, we don't really want to do what his word tells us in the other parts. Our religion is worthless.
0: Look
4: at verse 26, if anyone thinks he's religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. He hits on this, in the, hits this passage, it calls us to be doers, to control our tongue or our keyboards. Come on now, some toes out there just got smashed a little bit. Stay out of foolish arguments. Stay out of silliness. There's no glory given to the Lord when our Facebook page looks like a political debate. Give God the glory. Produce fruit for his kingdom, not for someone's kingdom that you'll never meet. Because one day, one day, on one side of the fence or the other, you will meet Jesus. The question is, does he say, well done, my good and faithful servant, come in? Or does he say, depart from me, I never knew you? Chances are pretty high we're never going to meet a presidential candidate. So why would we, why would we lobby more for him or her than we do for Christ the King? Jesus is king over those candidates. He's king over us. He's king over America, regardless of what some people who sit in a big giant white house in Washington, D.C. may think. Christ is king. He calls us to be doers. He calls us to, to say, I will follow you. We just sang about Christ being the foundation. Is he or is he just the curtains to make it look a little pretty to others? And if he is the foundation, then here's what he's calling us to do. Get up off of the, the lazy boy and get into action for his kingdom with his gospel for his glory. To do that is to say, I put myself aside, God. And when I put myself aside, guess what? Heartache's going to come my way. Hard times are going to come my way. And in that, just maybe, maybe somewhere along the way, someone's watching me in my heartache, and they're seeing me give glory to God because 1 Thessalonians says, rejoice always. And James even tells us, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Kids in the foster care system have met trials of various kinds. 153 million around the world have met trials of various kinds. Moms and dads impacted by the foster care system have met trials of various kinds. In verse 27, James tells us this through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Religion, which is what we have, that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit, some translations say to care for. Orphans. And widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The problem with that verse is that we don't pay attention to it. And what we like to do, if you if you're like me and you got like different colored pens to mark up your Bible and you got your highlighters and you got all this, sometimes what we really have is a secret tool in our little pouch of pens and highlighters that's called a, a sharpie. And we highlight verses with that sharpie, at least in our hearts and our minds. And when we see verse 27, can you put up verse 27 on the screen for me? When we see verse 27, we see three things. We see religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. First, to visit orphans. Okay? Maybe I'll take a short-term trip and I'll, I'll paint their orphanage. Not to discount work that's done in the name of Jesus. But what? That's not the solution. Well, then I'm not called to that. Oh, well, hold that thought. Maybe it's visiting widows in their affliction. We've got a lot of churches that have widows ministries. Praise God for those. Widows need ministry. And then we see this last part, to keep oneself unstained from the world. We'll highlight that part, won't we, with with the yellow highlighter. But the other two, at least in our mind, we get out the sharpie. I'm not called to orphan, or orphan ministry. I'm not called to widow's ministry. I'm looking for the optional part in that. And I don't think there is one. You see, what he's saying is, your religion, your faith in Christ looks like this. Caring for those who can't care for themselves. Caring for the vulnerable in your population and across the world. If you want true faith to be, on, uh, to be visible... In your life, here's what it means. Dying to self and living for Christ so that those around the world would hear the gospel. And it means getting uncomfortable. And let me tell you, uncomfortable is welcoming people into your home for an undetermined amount of time. Even kids. You don't know what they're bringing with them. What kind of baggage, what kind of hurt, what kind of trauma, what kind of pain, what kind of things are in that big giant backpack that weighs them down? That's imaginary, by the way. You can't see it. And how it will impact your family. That's getting uncomfortable. That's religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father. But it's also this. Remember I said if you're not called to do it, then what? Oh, three of you listened if you're not called to do it then don't do it but that doesn't mean ignoring this verse here's what it, here's what it can look like you can find foster families and, and families that have adopted right here in your church you can find them right here in the community and you can say i want to support you i want to help you Because I'm not called to foster and I'm not called to adopt. So what that means is, I want to come behind you. And just as we saw uh, back in in the Old Testament, when Moses gets tired, Aaron and her are right there to lift up his arms so that the battle is won. Foster care and adoption is exhausting. We need someone to lift up some arms. Because there's a battle that's taking place right in the home. You can help those families. You can pour into those families. You can love on those families. You can we, we call it RAP ministry. It's an acronym, Wrestling in Prayer, Respite Care, Acts of Service, and Promises of God. You can provide those things for those families, fostering or adopting. You can reach out, just as, as you were describing earlier, Mark, the, 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 the Fostering Hope ministry that exists um, right here in the Wiregrass area. You can support them. Go serve them going to serve these families and going to serve fostering hope by the way this doesn't look like i'm going to dream something up and i'm going to minister to you in this way because if you come to my house honestly if i'm fostering you come to my house remember what i told you i did almost every day i mowed the yard don't come knocking on my door saying i want to come cut your grass no that's my sanctuary (laughs) but if you want to go to walmart and pick up my groceries that i just put in on the app Oh, hallelujah, now I don't have to buckle up four kids to to climb in the the van to go get it. That's ministry to me. So you don't go in and say, this is how I'm going to minister to you today, okay? You say, how can I minister to you today? And chances are foster families and families that have adopted are going to say, we're good.
0: They're lying.
4: They're not good. They need help. They need something. You say, what can I bring you for dinner? What does your family like? When we took in those three girls, remember I told you about a little bit ago, 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had friends that came up and said, we're going to bring you dinner twice a week for the next five weeks. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I didn't have to think about what we were making for dinner. What's it look like? They brought it Here's what they did. Y'all, this was so sweet. We didn't even have to say anything. They brought dinner. They sat on the table. They prayed with us to bless the meal, and then they left. I love our friends, but the best thing they could have done was leave so that we can bond around the kitchen table. At At that kitchen table is where most of our secondary trauma came into play because those kids would open up around a meal, just like adults. Sit down at a meal, and they open up. So religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To care, visit, that word visit is to to take on the burdens of. As if they're your own. Orphans and vulnerable children. And widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. In other words, to pursue holiness in God is to care for and take on the burdens of orphans and widows. Why? Because they can't repay you. There's no worldly gain to be had. If we're truly who we say we are as followers of Christ, and the Lord has indeed given us this command multiple times in Scripture, by the way, about 40 times to care for the fatherless, we're to be involved in tending to the needs of those children and the families that are caring for them. So the question today is not who needs ministry, the question is how are you going to minister? What? Is the Lord calling you to do? Clearly, in his word, he's calling us to care for this population. And as we are called in 2 Corinthians 5, we are in Christ. We're ambassadors of the gospel. Representatives of the gospel of Christ. And so many today in the, in the church, not, not talking about this Church, the big C, worldly church, global church. So many believe they're doers, but they're actually deceivers. So are you a doer or are you a deceiver? Are you being deceived? Do you do or do you not do? And in the wise words of an incredible philosopher, Yoda. (laughs) Do or do not, there is no try. We're either doers or deceivers. Will you do the word? And remember this that there is a deceiver, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Church, Christ has come to give, breathe life, and to build. Which path are we going to follow? The believer is to follow the ways of Christ. The Christ follower goes after him in what he says. He loved people. He loved all people, regardless of race, color, religion, creed, what what country they originated in, or what country they live in now from where they came. He loved people. And his call to us is to love people. So how can you be involved? You can pray. You can foster. You can adopt. You can support those families in your community. You can support DHR. You can can support ministries like Lifeline. I have to say that, they pay me to say that. You You can support in ways that looks like not opening your home, but you can also support and be active and be doers in ways that looks like opening up your home. From one hour to one week of respite care. The first respite care that we got as a family when we fostered those two in the very beginning, my wife and I went to dinner and we sat in total silence because it was the most beautiful sound we had heard in almost three months. Provide that for a family. You'll be a hero. Guarantee it. To the glory of God. You'll be a hero. We're called to this church. We, you might say, are made for this. And if we're not doing what we're made for, what in the world are we doing? Cherish the word, receive the word as he's given it to us and do the word that he has gifted us. state of Alabama, 6,000 kids are in the foster care system. Statistically speaking, 3,300 have a plan to go back home. And they need a temporary house, a temporary family to show them the love of Christ and to to declare the gospel of Jesus to them. But that also means that there are at least 3,300 parents in need of the exact same thing. And we can make an impact in those parents' lives and those families' lives too. By opening up our home to their children is a testimony of the gospel to them. And then we have opportunities to speak to them, to love on them, to support them in their path and in their charge to be reunited with their, their kids. Lifeline has... Uh, Some programs that we've talked about with Mark and Michelle about what that can look like for your church to be engaged in that. What does it look like to monthly minister to DHR? What does it look like to, to minister to kids that are aging out of foster care system, who leave a system that has provided everything for them and now they're just told, go on. You're on your own. This is where the church steps up and steps in. What better place for moms and dads who are trying to get their kids back to learn what parenting looks like than from the church and from the Word of God? What better place for a kid who's aging out of a, a broken and messed up system that has wrecked, that, is, that is a wreck, their life has been a wreck, what better place for them to learn that there is actually hope for them than from the church and the Word of God? What better place to provide ministry to a mom and dad who have said, we're going to open our home than from the church? What are you called to do? Probably one call is to throw away the sharpie that's in our bag. And to look at the whole counsel of the whole Word of God. To say, God, what is it that you want from me and from us? There are ways to get involved no matter what age you are. You say, "I, I can't open my home. Great. Then open your heart to those kids and those families around and see what it is that the the Lord can do in you and through you to impact their lives with the gospel of Jesus. Father, thank you for this wonderful day, a beautiful day, a time of worship, a time of, uh, of your word, a time of prayer. And God, we ask that today, today, oh Lord, first and foremost, God, we ask that today be the day that eternity be changed in someone's heart and life around here and in their soul's and God, would you, uh, Lord, if it is your will today, would you just send a, an earthquake throughout all of eternity as the, the permanent and eternal address of someone in this place or listening online has changed forever. From separation to union with the glorious Christ. God, and I pray today if, if there's anyone that is, that, is, that is contemplating what this ministry may look like in their family, Oh, Lord, open up hearts and minds. Open up eyes and ears to hear. Open up ways to be engaged and involved. Father, thank you for this church and the heart of this church to to do something. To be active. To minister alongside Fostering Hope and Lifeline and DHR and families in this community right here in their Jerusalem. Oh God, be glorified in it and in everything that is done through Dothan First. To the glory of God in the name of Jesus,
2: we pray these things. Hallelujah and amen. Amen, amen. Would you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment? There may be some you want to be included in that prayer to say yes to him. Or to rededicate your life to the lord and we'd be so honored to lead you in this prayer right now i'm not here to embarrass you or judge you i just want to invite you in this moment either in the building or online if that's you would you slip up your hand right now all over this place yes god bless you anyone yes god bless you yes over here god bless you god bless you in the balcony yes god bless you i see you the main floor under the balcony yeah god bless you anybody else today God bless you you can put your hands down i want to pray this prayer right now over you and i want you to be included in it would you say this prayer out loud with me say lord jesus forgive me for my sins give me a fresh start i choose to trust you with every area of my life wipe away my past and make me truly free in you and today Over every area, be my Lord. Have ownership of me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could you stand up all over this house and give God praise as we worship the King together? Come on. guests in the house. We'd love to be able to greet you right after this service in our guest reception. I'm going to dismiss some of our leadership team to head back. And those of you that uh, you have a desire to know more about foster care, adopt, or adoption. We have the table in the back prepared for you and they would love, uh, Tim and others would love to connect with you, give you more information. But we're so honored we get to partner with mission and ministry around the world to be the hands of Christ extended. So today I want to release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace and may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child no one can take you from my hand may you know the love of your Savior and may you give it away to everyone you meet family friends co-workers schoolmates uh, everyone you meet but especially those that are the most vulnerable among us may you be a blessing to those who desperately need the love of Jesus Christ. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. And we'll look forward to seeing you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.